Okay, well, if you got your Bible this morning, go to John chapter 13, and also find Romans 13, John 13 and Romans 13. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today and honor you for your, your presence here. We, uh, we believe that you're at work in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. And Lord, we just ask you for the word, for the hour, the message for this time. Thank you for utterance and the Holy Ghost, for the gifts of the Spirit, for the manifestation of you in our hearts, in our lives, and in our midst. We just honor and bless you today. I ask you for eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive for every single person in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you remember, we started a few weeks ago talking to you about the love of God. All right, the love of God is one of the most important messages you could ever get established in in your walk and relationship with God. Okay, the love of God is foundational; it's crucial. In fact, the Scripture said in, in, in Ephesians three that we are to be rooted and grounded in love. And don't try to go off on a bunch of other tangents and a bunch of other areas if you don't have your love life down. Okay, this love of God, again, is the what, what we were born into, and it's the way we're supposed to live, and so we're dealing with that subject, and if you've heard messages on love before, and you're, you were hoping to hear about, you know, how, how to make a million dollars in three days, uh, I got to tell you, this is more important than that, okay, well, we'll give you that one next week or something, <laughs> as soon as we figure out how to do that. <laughs> Uh, but, but we're going to talk about the love of God. I really believe this is, is, this is vital to very uh, many areas in your life. Now, now, John chapter 13 and verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is the Lord's commandment. All right. Now, go to Romans 13. Everybody already there? Good. Romans 13 and verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And so we can see that Jesus is setting a new pattern, a new standard for living. Paul, inspired by the Spirit, is basically explaining to us why we don't need the Ten Commandments to live by because the One Commandment will basically cover all of them. Any command given in the Old Testament that was given to curb sin is covered by love, okay? Obviously, if you have the love of God, you're not going to murder you're not going to steal from someone. You're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to lie. You're not going to do any of these other uh, uh, acts or sinful acts if you're simply walking in this divine type of love that God has uh, both given to us and commanded us to walk in. All right. Now, there are at times, uh, I'm not saying by this that it would be inappropriate to talk about uh, stealing or lying or adultery, 
or, or, and mention specific sins. Just because they're in the Old Covenant Ten Commandments does not mean it's inappropriate to speak about them. But in reality, most of us should not need that. Okay? I should not be need to toll. It should not be necessary to tell me, don't lie. Because love doesn't do ill towards another person. And so if I'm treating you right in love, I know, okay, that includes lying. Right? But unfortunately, some people do need to be told. It does have to be broken down and spelled out. And we may do that during some of this when we get into the explanation of what the love walk is. But, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, told them to stop lying, stop stealing. <laughs> it's like, man, why would you even have to tell them? Well, in reality, we're not supposed to. It shouldn't be necessary. But if we're not walking in this God love, this amazing, powerful love, then these other things are going to creep in. But if we're walking in that, all that other stuff is going to be taken care of. Okay? Again, because I'm looking for your best interest. I'm looking to help and not to hurt. Looking to lift up and not knock down. That is the love of God in action. But we see that it is the fulfillment of the law. Now, in order to live this life, you remember we told you how many things? Three things. Three. Number one is God's love. Okay, I mean, we need a little more participation here today. God's love. And then secondly, God's love. And then thirdly, God's love through us. Okay? We've focused so far, and uh, I'm glad you're all with me, uh, on the first part, talking about how much God loves us. And the, re the reason, again, that we do this in this order, because I believe a person will be, uh, will have much more difficulty expressing this kind of love, the love of God to another person, if they don't first of all know how much God loves them. All right, and that is what we've got to be well grounded and established in, not just me curbing my behavior to start to stop being rude, to stop being mean, to stop treating people wrong. I need to know how much God loves me first, and then most of that will just naturally flow out of me. I'll, I'll walk in love towards other people with very little effort, okay? You realize that most of what God wants from you is not about huge effort on your part? As far, when I'm talking about effort, I'm talking about uh, striving to live right, striving to be free from sin. That shouldn't be the case. And the reason oftentimes it is the case is because we've reversed the process. We're approaching a holy, righteous life the same way a person who is lost in sin would do so. They are trying to curb their behavior, just trying to act differently instead of Chain, being changed from the inside and then letting it naturally flow out of us. Okay, how many know the scripture says in in uh, Hebrews chapter four? It speaks about how faith is a rest. Faith is not a striving. It's like mm, I'm trying to mm, believe, trying to believe God. I'm just uh, just no. When a person is really in faith, they relax. And if they don't watch themselves. They find themselves grinning when they think about it. When they think about what? Their problem. It's like, <laughs> that's good. That's an indication of faith. It's rest. It's not, in, not about me, not about my efforts, about, man, God's faithful. This is going to be all right. And I'm really not worried about it. 
Okay? That's how you can know when you're in that place. And when we're, when we're saturated in and walking in the love of God, I'm not just working on myself to just, mm, just control my temper. I've just got to rein myself in every time someone irritates me. Every time someone does something wrong, you know, I've got to control myself lest I fly off the handle and, you know, take them out. Listen, it's not supposed to be that way. If you're in the world and don't know the Lord, I understand. And good for you for trying, you know. Take your little time out. <laughs> Breathe, whatever you need to do so you don't hurt somebody. But in Christ, no, that's not my approach. My approach is I meditate day and night and get saturated with how much God loves me. Amen. Go with me to the book of Jude. And we're, we're going to get to point number two here momentarily. Just got to tie up a few loose ends. Jude 21. Everybody know Jude? Know where Jude's at? Right before the book of Revelation. Jude 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Who is supposed to keep themselves in the love of God? You are. I'm supposed to keep me in the love of God. You are supposed to keep yourself in the love of God. In other words, if I don't keep myself there, nobody else is going to. And it's not God's responsibility to keep me in the love of God. It's my responsibility to keep myself in that place. If I say, I just don't feel very loved. Well, I got to tell you, that's your own fault. Unless you don't really know. Well, then, I, then, you know. But if we know how much God loves us, but we're not just, just not living in that place, that's our responsibility. I got to keep myself. Sometimes I just need to remind myself that, you know, God is not like everybody else. God's not going to treat me like other people treat me. A performance-based life. If you do right, they pat you on the back. But if you do wrong, they kick you to the curb. God loves you no matter how you do. No matter what you do. Amen. And so keep yourself in the love of God. There's so many things that are that way. Again, this might sound harsh to some if you're in this place, but I don't mean it that way. But, you know, the person who lives depressed, what's up for you? it's up to you to keep yourself in the joy of the Lord which is really the love of God. It's up to you to keep, your, to keep yourself up. Too many times people just live in response and reaction to everything around them, and other people are treating them wrong, or things are falling apart. They got this problem that, and that problem, and so they let that drive them down in life. And, and we can't live that way. You talk about a roller coaster. And we need to just determine that, that I'm going to keep myself in the love of God no matter what you do, no matter what happens, because there is not a place... In this life, there is no guarantee that you're going to float through life on flowery beds of ease. And now that I'm saved, I'm just cruising into heaven and never going to have a problem again. And uh, welcome to uh, salvation. <laughs> welcome to the kingdom of God, man. You're hated. You've got a target on you when you become a believer. Now it's all worth it because you've also got a shield. Praise God. You've got a sword. You've got a helmet. You've got some stuff to protect you. But the devil hates your guts. And there's a whole lot of people in this world that do absolutely do not like believers. Don't like Christians. The fact that you name the name of Jesus kind of irritates them. There's a reason for that. 
It's called the spirit of Antichrist. They said in the Bible that it was in the world. I'm not talking about the Antichrist who's coming, uh, uh, but I'm talking about that spirit. It's not a spirit of anti-Buddha. It's not a spirit of anti-whoever, you know, some religious figure. It's anti-Christ, and it comes against those who live for Him. Be ready. Ready or not, we got to deal with stuff. Okay? If we know that ahead of time, we keep ourselves in the love of God. Huh? We refuse to let things take us down. Refuse to let things drag us through the mud. And things are falling apart, so what? God still loves me, and everything's going to be all right. Is it going to be all right? Say it out loud. Everything is going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Because God loves you no matter what. I just need to meditate on that. Keep myself in that place. Uh, take a left turn to Philemon. Philemon, we're going to the little books today. Now, when we talk about the love of God, I want to put some emphasis right now on the word of. Of. The love of God is the love of God. It's not the love of you. You're not the source. You're not the origination. It's not some human definition. It is the love of God, of God Himself who is love. That's the kind of substance we're talking about. It's not necessarily what you've called love in the past. It's not necessarily like, you know, like you love ice cream and, and, and love cheeseburgers and love to snow ski or something. And I love God. No, it's not really that type of love. It's really something different. Okay. This is special stuff. This love comes from Him. It is love that abides in us. It's the kind of love that we are, we are to express towards others. Now, now let, me, let me explain to you a principle before we read here. And we get it in part from this verse. But if ever I'm going to experience something that God has for me, something that He has given, it is necessary, first of all, for me to acknowledge its abiding presence if it's in me. And I must acknowledge the availability of what God has given me, or I'll never walk in it. If I try to walk in the love of God and try to live this life and express it towards you, but yet I have not acknowledged that love's indwelling and abiding presence in my life, I'm going to have a difficult time, okay? It begins, number one, with knowing how much God loves me, but here we are. Number two, it begins with me knowing that God has deposited Himself. He has deposited love on the inside of me. And now it is not only who God is, it is who I is. Are you listening? And I use my best English so you'll remember it. Love is me. You, I'm talking about, to, I'm talking to believers now. Born of Him, born of God, saved. You are love. You are love with skin on it. <laughs> love in the flesh. Say, so who's that? That's love. 
Now, understand where we're coming from. We are talking about how God created us in Christ. If He is love and I'm born of love, then I'm a love guy. Have to be. Right? I mean, children have their parents in them. Right? A child is the mom and the dad in the flesh. And much of what the mom and dad are, the child is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes you, uh, you see children acting very much and, and doing things exactly the way their parents do. And we know a lot of that comes just by observation. And they learned to do it and they watched and then they imitated their parents and how they behaved. But it's interesting how uh, there have been instances where a, a child was given up for adoption and they met their biological parent many years later and they had some of the same mannerisms as their, as their parent and they had never been around them a day in their life. I think that's interesting. What does that, uh, what does that relate to? Well, just their, that parent is still in them to some degree. And when you're born of God, He's in you. You're made of Him. You've got His stuff in you. And God, as we've read other times, God is love. And if I'm born of Him, I am born of love, and so I'm love. Remember that. <laughs> I am. And you are as well. Praise God. So Philemon, verse 6, says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. How does our faith, the sharing of our faith, become effective? It's by acknowledgement. Acknowledging what? Everything that's wrong. You've got to you've got to admit everything that's wrong about you before you can ever do anything good. You've got to acknowledge everything that's bad, right? Is that what that says? That's not what that said. He said you acknowledge everything that is good in you in Christ. And so what we're oftentimes very much aware of and conscious of are things in our lives that fall short. We recognize and, and readily see how I fall short in this area. I don't do a good enough job in this area. And, and man, I've blown it in this area. And we could rehearse that stuff. We could tell stories. We could have a little campfire, tell stories about how we've blown it. <laughs> and many people, they say, oh yeah, I can tell some stories there. That's not what we're supposed to talk about though. It's not really what we're supposed to acknowledge. If you're in sin, yes, the acknowledgement brings the forgiveness, okay? So we're not talking about denying things, but once forgiveness is there, I should not be spending my time acknowledging and thinking about what I'm not good at and what I can't do and what I, can't, what I fall short in. That will make me ineffective in my communication, in my relationship with others, in my dealing with all people. But if I will acknowledge every good thing, that is in me in Christ, I'm setting myself up. My confidence goes up. And I tell you what, this pleases God anyway. I don't really think God's too impressed with the person who says, well, I'm just good for nothing. I'm just trying to live for the Lord, hold on to the end. And I know I'm unworthy. I'm unholy and I'm unrighteous, just a worm of the dust. And, and uh, but by His mercy, I'm saved. <laughs> Whatever. Ew. Is that really how God wants us to act? I really think He wants us to do this verse. <laughs> I think He wants us to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ. 
And so we stay with head up, shoulders back, smile on our face, look people straight in the eye. I'm full of God, man. I've been made righteous. I've been forgiven. I've been, been given eternal life. He's made me clean. He's made me whole. And I'm going to live for Him all the days of my life. And, and, and I'm worthy. Yeah, made worthy by Him, filled with Him. I don't have a reason to look down. So you're acting like you've never done anything wrong? You're acting like you've just, what, what, what's so holy about you? He's what's so holy about me. Okay, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I believe I honor God when I acknowledge what He's done in me. Okay, and that cons consumes and, and deals with many issues in life. But here's what we're uh, focusing in on today. What do I need to acknowledge that's in me in Christ if I'm going to live this life? The love of God. I think, it's, I think it's crazy to try to live that life and try to walk in the love like God loves. You live that same way without acknowledging its abiding presence in me first. Okay, and so for, for, for us to say, I am love, that's going to help. I know people don't understand that if you say it off the cuff without any explanation, but, uh, but that's really what we ought to be thinking. I'm not just this selfish person trying to behave right. No, I'm a new creation in Christ, filled with God's love, and that's why I can live right. See, this comes into, so you heard me, I teach on this when I teach on righteousness and, and different subjects, but I really do not like the mentality that we are all sinners and we're just saved by grace. I don't like the mentality that many, many people in the body of Christ, churches across the globe have where they're constantly telling people, well, we're all sinners. Man, that's just a, that's an old mindset. That's a pre-Christ mindset. I was a sinner, but He changed me. Sin is not my nature anymore. Bi the Bible doesn't refer to a, a, me as a sinner. It refers to me as a new creation in Christ. And even the righteousness of God in, in Christ Jesus. Okay? And if that's what God says about me, that's what I should say about me. And if I acknowledge my right place with God... It'll be easier for me to live that because that's who I am. Okay? And it'll be easier for me to live the love life if I acknowledge I'm born of love. I'm filled with love. The spirit of love is inside me. I'm just a love guy. <laughs> yeah. I need to think that way. Acknowledge what's in me in Christ. Then I become effective in that way. Okay, so when you were born again, love came in to stay. It is at present, at this very moment, existing in you. If you're a believer, you're saved. God's love is in you right now. Now, I've noticed some spouses are questioning whether the love's in their, their person they're married to because they drove with you here today. Well, it wasn't necessarily being, necessarily being yielded to. They didn't necessarily believe that they were filled with love, at least not consciously aware of it, and therefore it contributed to their actions that contradicted that love. But it's still there. Okay, go to 1 John chapter 3. Let me give you a couple here, a couple scriptures. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we what? We love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. 
Notice the connection that God is making here. Salvation and love go hand in hand. What should be one of the most outstanding identifiers of a Christian? It's love. The biggest thing that ought to change when a person receives the Lord is they are, not, they are now not so consumed with themselves. They are not just living a selfish life. All of a sudden, other people matter to them. All of a sudden, someone else's need takes precedence over their own need. That is nothing short of God in a human being. When you think that way, come on now. I tell you what, you can see the evidence of God in so, in so many lives that are present right here. I mean, people are, could have been sleeping in, doing other things, but here they are. Getting up, serving others, coming here. Many people come early before services to get things ready, not getting any monetary gain from it, getting nothing else than, man, I just want to serve other people. What would make you do that? People come, give their hard-earned money, give it to the Lord in the offering. People, what, what has happened here? How can you convince people to do that? I don't think you can. I say there has to be an inward change. There has to be something that took place on the inside that's motivating us from the inside out. Causes us to give money away. Give our time away to serve others without any kind of uh, response for that. It's the love of God, man. And we can see that this is directly connected to salvation. We know we've passed from death to life because we love. How do you know someone's saved? Look at their love life. Isn't that what he's saying here? He said, someone who doesn't love his brother, he's still, still dead, abides in death. Pretty strong words. So if I don't love people, you mean I'm not saved? Yes. I don't want to add to the scripture and say anything different. That's what the scripture said. If you don't love people, you're not saved. Good news, we're going to have an altar call in a little bit. <laughs> and if you're not saved... You're going to have an opportunity to be changed from the inside out. And all those people you were so angry with. I don't mean you never feel any kind of irritation or hurt or anything like that ever again. But the love of God will rise up on the inside of you and say, you can let them go. You can forgive them. You can let, you can let that situation go. You, right now, you have the, worst, the hardest time doing that. But when the love of God takes over in your life, you're, starting, you're compelled from the inside. You'll find yourself doing things you'd never do before. You'll find yourself forgiving people and you held a grudge for 20 years. It's nothing short of a miracle. This is supernatural. This is the very love of God. It put Jesus on the cross when we didn't deserve it. We were, not, we were rebelling against Him, and He's given His life for us. That is nothing short of amazing. And it's in you. And it's in me. That exact same love that, put, that Jesus had on the cross, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It abides in you now. You have that potential. Don't be talking about yourself saying, I could never do that. Man, I, I, I could never act that way. I'm just, I just can't control myself. I just, some people, mm, they irritate me so much, I just can't handle it. And I fly out the hand, I do things I know I'm going to regret, I just can't stop myself. Quit saying it. If you're a child of God, start saying, love bears all things, love believes the best of every person, and I can do it, because the love of God is in me. It's who I am. I'm a love guy. I'm a love gal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Jesus is in you. If this sounds kind of corny, 
<laughs> it's just my presentation. Because <laughs> this is the real thing. This is B-I-B-L-E, right? Amen. Now, 1 John 4, 7, page over in my Bible, page 1,084. <laughs> well, uh, 1 John 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of, where's love of? Love is a God idea, isn't it? No human idea. In your flesh, natural man, unregenerate man, love has nothing to do with it. It's all about me. Look out for number one. And the only thing they can define love as is sex. And that's not really love in and of itself. It's not. It's all about what makes me feel good. It, it's all, it, that's, not what, that's not what that is. Love the real stuff here, the genuine article, is of God. It is of no one else. He said, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Again, I want you to see the connection. What happens when a person gets saved? The love of God comes in. God loves us. He showed us with Jesus on the cross. But when we receive him, that love gets imparted into our spirits. And now we are born of love. And this is one of the key ingredients and measurements to determine Christianity, whether someone really knows the Lord. Okay? Okay, now go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. See, all the specific commandments that were given in the Old Testament, any, any list of commandments really become unnecessary to the person with whom love indwells. It's one of the reasons we're not given a law in the New Testament. I know, I know there are New Testament commandments, but really it's all summed up in one. And the rest is just kind of uh, talking about how, how to live that out and explaining that. But really we have one commandment, and it's love. And God didn't give us this commandment and say, and say I just want you to live this way. He said, no, I want to take what I did for you, and I want to put it in you so that you can naturally live that way. And it is the command, but He gave us the ability to live it. He put it, put it inside of us so that we could do it. Galatians chapter 5, you're there? Verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, when it comes to scriptures like this, understand the way the New Testament was written, that uh, the Greek that we have our translation from did not have capital letters. And so certain words that you run into, spirit being one of those words, it is one Greek word that's translated, it could be Holy Spirit, human spirit, evil spirit, you know, it could be, it's even translated breath and wind in different places, God breathed and so forth. And, uh, and that word, you don't know really what it's talking about except by context, the translators went in and they said, hmm, pneuma, that Greek word for spirit. And they said, hmm, that's the Holy Spirit. We'll put a capital S there. I think that's another kind of spirit. We'll put a small S on that one. But it's not really inspired. 
okay? The, whether it's capitalized or non-capitalized is pretty much up to the context, and you can change them if you want, okay? If you think they did it wrong, if you think, well, that's the, not the context. This one is up to some debate. It's not super clear, I don't think, because you can see how both Holy Spirit and recreated human spirit could be inserted in there. And to, to, to some degree, it seems odd that the Holy Spirit would lust against the flesh. Uh, but what, what seems more likely to me is that this is a contrast between the flesh, our flesh, and our recreated human spirit. In other words, when we were born again, our spirit took on the very nature of God. Love was imparted. Okay, we have a, as a part of who we are. And so you can literally see here that we could read this. If you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Certainly you could see that that could mean Holy Spirit. But also think about it this way. I've been changed. I've been born again. I've been given His life. Where at? In my spirit. So if I walk in my new recreated human spirit, I'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, your spirit, the part of you that's been born again, been changed, never does anything wrong. Loves like crazy. Now, sometimes it gets squashed because people are so used to and they gravitate towards yielding to the flesh and walking in the flesh. And so they're used to yielding to the selfish part, used to yielding to the me, me, me. When on the inside, their new recreated spirit is saying, God, 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 and others, others, others. Right? But it's a matter of yielding. And that's what he's talking about. Which one are you going to yield to? The new part of you or the old part of you? Which one are you more mindful of? The old part of you, the old sinner, the old dirty dog? Or the new part of you that's been changed? And when I say the old part of you, it's not that it really exists. I'm just talking about the flesh that hasn't been changed yet. Okay? But the new part of us, the part of us that's been born again, that's righteous. It's holy. But so many times we live unconscious of that reality. It does, it'll do, do us a whole lot of good if we were to read 2 Corinthians 5, 17 every day and just say about ourselves, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I am a new creation. Instead of being mindful of our shortcomings, our failures, and what we can't do, we're mindful of who we are in Christ and what He's made us. Okay? That will help us to walk in the Spirit. He went on to say, if you're led of the Spirit, well, you can see that could be Holy Spirit there, but also think about it this way. Uh, if I'm led of my recreated human spirit, born in the likeness and image of God, then I don't need any laws. I'm not under the law. I don't, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need a list of rules of do's and don't do's because I'm living out of the inside where God indwells. I'm born of love. I'm going to walk in love. Okay? He, he, if you go down to the 22nd verse, the 22nd verse says, but the fruit of the, what? Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Again, it's the same deal here. What spirit? Well, you can see that God is certainly the spirit of love, so it wouldn't be wrong to say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. But again, in contrasting the flesh and the recreated human spirit, the, the spirit of a Christian, you need to understand that when you came to Christ, your spirit now produces these things. He poured a need in you, poured, filled us up with His love, and now that's who we are. That's what comes out of us. What comes out of you? Love. That, that, now, that, here, here's another point. That word love is, is in the singular. In reality, you read all through the, the, the New Testament, love is the focus. 
When you were born again, you were born of love, and out of the love life comes joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and kindness and faithfulness. All these things are a part of love. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, remember, defines and gives us an illustration of the love of God, the good stuff. Love is what? Patient. Love is kind and goes on to say some things. Well, you can see here that the fruits, as we call them sometimes, of the Spirit, the different fruits are really all about the love of God, okay? They all come forth out of love. If I'm walking in the love of God, I'm a happy camper. I'm patient. I'm full of faith. I'm full of joy. I'm full of kindness. I'm the nicest guy in the world to be around. If I'm walking out of what I've been born of, I've been changed to be in, in that position. Everybody with me now? Am I getting too deep? <laughs> this is the abiding presence of God's love. Go, go to Romans chapter 5. We'll finish up over here. See, God's laws, God's will, God's purpose for us has been written upon our hearts in the new covenant. That's why we don't need to be law-minded. It's not about a legal system. It's not about a list of rules. Now, if someone's not walking in love, if they're not, not doing right, they might need to understand, okay, if you're doing love, that means you don't steal. That means you don't murder people, okay? Adultery would be contrary to love, all right? Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God, what kind of love? The love of God. This is a special kind of love. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When did this happen? When was this love poured out in our hearts? Well, he said, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I believe that speaks of the Holy Spirit's work in the new birth, as opposed to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which just helps. Okay? In other words, whenever a person was born of God... Love came into them. You, at present tense, this very moment, if you've received the Lord, you have love dwelling in you. Supernatural, God kind of love. And if you and I, and we're going to talk about learning to yield to this, okay? But it starts with acknowledging that it's there. Man, but you're going to be an others-minded person, I tell you. If all you think about is you, you have squashed the love of God. Okay, if we're not reaching out and touching somebody else, if we don't have other people's needs in mind, we're squashing the love of God. All right, and we'll get into some, some of that uh, a little, little bit later. But this is where we've got to start. The love of God, by means and by way of the new birth experience, has been imparted to us, and now we are love creatures. <laughs> Walking around on this earth, looking for somebody to bless looking for someone to be good to. You ought to, you ought to be the, uh, I mean, as, as a believer, we ought to be the most desirable people to be around. Because the world, again, what is, the world is selfish. They've been yielding to the flesh all their life. And, uh, but as a Christian, many people have this stuff in them, but it's been lying dormant for so long. Just a dormant kind of love. And we're going to stir this up. I want, you, I want to let you know that it's there. 
that it abides in you. And by acknowledging it, we're going we're gonna to begin an absolutely new path. I said to this to you before, but this will fix a marriage. Absolutely, more than anything else. More than any talk on communication. More than any talk on dividing responsibilities. More than any talk on, on you know, how to deal with kids. The love of God will fix people. If you're in a situation right now where you're, you're having some, some issues, some struggles, or, or maybe just your spouse thinks you are, but you're not, you don't think you are, uh, take their word for it. And, and uh, if you, I'm telling you, if you will meditate on this and make this your focus for a period of time, marriage problems will go away. Far away. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. This is that, this is that powerful. And this, is what, this is the way we're supposed to live. God loves us, man. And He put His love inside of us for a reason. You're not left without the equipment and the goods to live an amazing life. You know, and, and I, I'm tempted in some, sometimes in, in these areas, I want to talk about the, the benefits or the, the perks of living the love life. But then I think that's kind of oxymoronic there to even go there. Because, you know, if I'm talking about love, I'm not talking about me and what I get out of it. Even though, could I explain how I benefit from living the love life? Yes. But if I'm thinking that, I've probably missed the point already. And if someone's thinking, yeah, I know some people who need this. My spouse really needs this. In fact, I'm going to buy this. (laughs) I'm going to get them this message for Christmas. (laughs) You have missed the point. (laughs) And uh, and I'll explain to you why you've missed the point more so as we define what love is. But uh, that's not what this is about, okay? It, 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 It starts again with... Acknowledging God's love for us and then acknowledging God's love in us. You got it in you? Are you a lover? (laughs) I'm a lover, not a fighter. (laughs) Father, thank you today for your presence. Thank you for your love in us. Thank you for the grace of God. Lord, we acknowledge what you've done. We acknowledge who you are in us today. Lord, we refuse to just let our thoughts be filled with shortcomings and failures and faults and missteps. We acknowledge who we are in Christ today, born of you, born of your spirit, filled with all your goodness, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So thank you for imparting your love into us. We are saved. We are born of you. And so thank you for helping us now to live this life and to have this foundation of being rooted and grounded in love. Lord, we honor and bless you today for your your faithfulness toward us. In Jesus' name. Father, I also do pray for those who have come to the service this morning. They don't know what I'm talking about as far as an experience.